Blog Talk Radio.
and back after a long hiatus, you're listening to the Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed here on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host, the Visible Conservative himself, Thomas Dwayne Smith. I have my show scheduled for two hours, but I'll probably do about an hour if that, and I'm just going to just share my random thoughts on the goings-ons of this past year, issues with my health, and, you know, things that's upcoming in the year 2016. Also, I want to give a shout-out to my friend Kenneth McClinton, who is listening in, wherever he may be, I um, wish him a Merry Christmas and a blessed and a prosperous new year. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Father God, we're thankful. I am so thankful to still be able to have this platform to speak and to share my heart. Lord God, I thank you that though at this point listeners may be few, my message will still go forth. Lord God, I just speak blessings over everyone who is listening and those who may call in or listen in archives. I ask that you bless them, touch their hearts, touch the lives of their families, and just show yourself real to them each and every day. We say we love you, and we say we bless you. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and we're thankful for the birth, death, burial, and resurrection Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of your Son, my Lord and Savior, I pray. Amen. Well, folks, I've been known for a while from the airwaves of BTR. We put um, True Life Friday's radio, a pro-life radio show on the air, and I hadn't done a political discussion radio show in almost a year. But you know what? I'm coming back with a vengeance because there's so much that has happened in this last year. Oh, that I know that I've lost loved ones to senseless violence we have a country that's been driven that's been driven into the ground by a president who's racist we have a movement known as the black lives matters movement that's funded by a by known white racist Many things have happened. 
this past year. Saw the founder of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, Dr. Tim Johnson, go home to be with the Lord, which ironically enough, today is his birthday. So, Dr. Tim Johnson, I want to say you're not forgotten and you never will be forgotten. But before I get into those discussions, I'm going to take, take it a little personal. Many of you who have listened to me speak have heard me allude to my own personal story. Holidays are hard for me. And it's hard for me for a different reason. Anyone can imagine. I feel a sense of disconnect, if you will. I know the season is to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that is the season to celebrate. But it's also a season to celebrate family. And here recently, I found myself at a loss trying to truly define what family to me, what that word means to me. And I honestly don't have an answer for that. Is family limited to to those you're that you're biologically related to by blood, or does that include those that you had temporary residence with through the foster care system? I. <clears throat> It's one of those questions that I ask myself because when I look back on my life and I examine the hard parts of myself, I don't see anything that makes me happy. Why is that? because I really don't have anything to show yet. At this point, I'll probably never own a house. I 
definitely uh, will never probably be in a position to get married because of my health, and that's a whole other issue that I will discuss. I've been sitting on business ideas that God has given me for years, closing line. Many other dreams. And then you get smacked in the face with reality. And that's what happens. Does that mean I'm going to quit? No. But what it does mean is that I got to find the importance in taking care of my health. I ask for help now when I need it. both in prayer and financially. But financially, when I ask for help, that makes me feel lower than alone. Why? Because there's always that stigma, oh, you're just mooching off of people. No, that's not me. Because for whatever reason, growing up, I thought it was the order, and this is how I was taught, the order was to prefer others over yourself. If you're hurting, you put your pain, your own well-being to the side to minister to and help somebody else. And at that, I'm going to pause right there, and I'm going to take a short break. I'm going to play this song. I'm going to break my show up into segments today because of my health. But I'll be right back. After these messages, the song that I'm about to play is symbolic of how I feel knowing that my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he never turns me away. This is Alabaster Box, C.C. Winans.
and welcome back to the Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed here on Block Up Radio. And I'm your host, the Visible One himself. And before I went to break, I was just, you know, addressing the family issues and my tendency, if you will, to prefer others over myself. And I did it because I care. Because I wanted to make a positive difference in the lives of people. But what ended up happening is you end up getting taken for granted. And it hurts. Let's just be real about it. There's no end and buts about it. It hurts. And we never know how we're going to end up. But at the end of the day, I don't stop being me. I just have to bring things into a balance. I will never stop speaking the truth in love. I will never stop trying to make a difference in the lives of people because it's always best to always try to build somebody up and not tear anybody down. But I will speak the truth when it comes to certain groups. Black, Black Lives Matter, radical Muslims, I don't care. Groups like that, people like that, I will I will call it out. The ignorance of our commander-in-chief, who ironically just ended three volley salutes at veteran funerals today. It's an article I just glanced over. I don't even want to go into it because... You know, that's a whole nother subject. I grew up in the foster care system. In this, let's just say, not the foster care system, the system as a whole. And when you grow up in a system, it has a way of defining. I really don't know the definition of family. When I see, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. You see a group of people getting together who are related, and they're doing fun things, recording, making memories, singing songs, that's family. That is the definition of family. I've never had that. I've never been a part of anything positive like that. 
why you might ask? Because I've always felt a sense of disconnect. Sense of being disconnected from anybody who is either my family or related by other means. And all that just means and says to me is that there is still something within my soul that is lacking, which says to me I need to do some soul searching. I have no problem with that. I'm not afraid of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he's still in the healing business. Yes, folks, I believe in the healing power of God, and and until my very last breath, I will go to my grave believing in the healing power of God, because God didn't do anything to me but love me. I have no reason to fear his love, and nor am I going to. Sometimes I fear when he tells me to do things. As I mentioned earlier, I hate asking for help, especially when I need help financially. It is a very, very, it's a very bad place to be. It's a very bad place to be. I used to walk in a high level of pride where I made the confession, I don't need anybody. I will never ask anyone for help. And I didn't. Because there was the the stigma of shame attached, at least as far as I'm concerned, these GoFundMe pages and how different people who need the help, they get the help. I've been in positions like that. But I could never start a GoFundMe page benefiting myself. Because I do carry that shame and that stick. I know that my Lord Supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. But more often than not, he chooses to use us 
to be blessings to us. I miss the days when I was able to secretly bless people or do something that wasn't secret for a person and it put a random smile on their face. That was an awesome place to be. And eventually I'll get back there. I'm hoping. But I got to stand in faith. I got to hold on to I got to hold on to everything that God has already given me. Be that as it may, I am going to take my next break. I think, folks, I am going to probably end the show at um, at 9.30. Um, because my uh, <clears throat> I'm having uh, I'm having a hard time with the my with my health with my talking. So this next song is where Jesus is. I have to call on him because he is always just a prayer away. This is Yolanda Adams, and we'll be right back after these messages and this awesome song. You're listening to the Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed here on Blog Talk Radio.
to the emergency room. They did EKG, test x-rays of my heart. They found it, nothing wrong. Gave me a prescription for pain, like they normally do. And I believe they really didn't want to pursue anything because I did not have insurance, which, okay, that's fine. Well, then Monday after I went to the emergency room, I was scheduled to go have my teeth cleaned, and I did. But what they always do before they clean my teeth is to x-rays of my teeth. They did an x-ray, and they found the infection in my gums. And I actually had to get one of my front teeth pulled. It was one that I had chipped, and they had reconstructed it using uh, using um, a polymer, so I had a fake tooth. But the other part of my tooth had a uh, above. It had gotten infected, and that's what had caused the infection in my body, and it had been there for months. So that's what I'm dealing with health-wise. Now, enough of me, and I'm going to get down to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about the year and review what has happened. We've had multiple terrorist attacks. We have domestic terrorism every single day in this nation where black-on-black crime, that's domestic terrorism Islamic terrorism is referred to as workplace violence we no longer can offend the sensitivity of the Muslims they're so victimized I wish they'd shut up men up and realize what they're what they're getting set up for. Let's talk about San Bernardino. It's been reported that a lot of uh, our mutual Facebook friends Nicholas Thessalonius was the primary target of Saeed Kuruk. He was the primary target. You want to talk about a hate-filled individual? And it was a terrorist attack. No ands, ands, buts about it. They found a forensic paper trail that showed $28,000 deposited into the account of his wife. Who had an address that was fake. 
So 14 people died. 17 others severely wounded. Talk about Paris. 143. But let's talk about a little known event that happened the day before. 43 Lebanese Christians were slaughtered, 300 injured. The day before, the world didn't say nothing about it. The news media didn't mention nothing. Let's talk about the terrorist attacks by Boko Haram in Nigeria, Kenya, all the other places. But because there are attacks on Christians, nobody is saying anything. Folks, enough is enough. Enough is enough. And then my friend, Ken lost his daughter to senseless violence in Washington, D.C. This is the reason why I can't focus on myself. Because there's too many others whose heart needs a word of encouragement, who needs to be shown the love of Christ. And for those of you who are saying, I thought this was a political show, it is. But I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Church and state doesn't apply here. Our president signed many, many executive orders. He has an executive order and waiting, planning to um, try to force through gun control. Good luck with that one, bro. The end of the day. What it boils down to is this. We keep our eyes on Jesus and our minds focused on the things above and we'll overcome any obstacle that the enemy, both natural and supernatural, try to put in our way. Jesus himself said, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, be cast into the sea, and believe what you say, then these things shall come to pass. Well, it's time to slap our super on the natural 
and it's time for us to what has been taken from us both physically and spiritually. It's time for us to step into God's kingdom, the kingdom, the realm of the supernatural. But too many of us, we let our relationship with God be defined on our interactions with other believers. We're dealing with we're dealing with fallible man, but our God is infallible. He sent his infallible son, Jesus. The word infallible means without fault, without blemish. Jesus Christ was perfect. He was the perfect sacrificial lamb. Even being tempted in every manner of man, as the word says, he was kept, he was tempted in all manners of things. Things that was not mentioned in the word of God, he was still tempted, but yet he did not sin. But don't use Jesus as an excuse to hang out with sinners. Many people try to do that. Well, yeah, I feel more comfortable around sinners than I do around believers. Man, don't say that. Because what eventually happens, the lifestyle that your friend may be living will eventually drag you down. It's like an anchor tied around your neck. It will weigh you down. But Jesus is the one that breaks the chains so that you can become unshackled. To steal the phrase from the show, But at the end of the day, we all going through things. I know this. More than anything, I share my heart when it comes to me because I want prayer. I don't need people's pity. A word of encouragement. Every now and then, I need financial help. I work a seasonal job, honey baked ham, world's best hams. Sorry to those who don't eat pork. But hey, I eat pork. I work seven straight days. Exhausted. I'm still recovering from it. But you know what? I got to do what I got to do. Because I had a freak accident that happened. And you know, The hours I work is going to put me in a position to 
take care of it. You know, we may have a um, we may have a calling guest, and he's um, quite, 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 quite. She's a fireball, but she's my friend, and um, I told you, I told you that um, we may have a surprise guest or two, but if not, then I would end the show early. So while we are waiting for her to call in potentially, I am going to take another break. Is uh lean on me. And we will try to get our guest back online. Yo, this is your boy, G-Ski Rocks. And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women. This is for that little child with no father. For that man that doesn't have a place to stay. For that little boy living with AIDS. Can I tell you a story, tell you a story You can lean on me There's a man oh, yeah. Standing on the corner He has no home He has no food And his blue skies are gone yes, Can you hear him crying out?
let's go back to the very beginning and let and mm-hmm. share with our listeners what kind of brought you out of your shell. And I remember way back to the first video, but I want you to um, I want you to share what what it was about the Black Lives Matter, the protests, all of it. Share what it was that set you off at the in the very beginning. Okay, what took it? What took me to that extreme? And um, what what really kicked all of this off for me was I I was born and raised in St. Louis. I live across the river in Illinois. I live maybe twenty five thirty five minutes from St. Louis City. I live across the bridge, across the water in Illinois, and my husband and I. Uh, we're out riding. We're we're uh, motorcycle riders, and we were uh-huh. out. It was a beautiful day, and taking advantage of his day off. My husband is a police officer, uh, stationed in North County where the Ferguson riots were. He was on. He was there day one. Boots on the ground. Man went through everything. They threw urine at him, feces at him, brought bottles, bricks. It's kind of disheartening to go and get a police call from the station telling you to go to the hospital and your husband, you get there and your husband is covered in urine and feces, okay? Wow. That was one of the things that, yeah, and this is our our people doing this. He's out there trying to make a living, support his family, and keep the community safe, and this is what they did to him. He's covered. So, you know, I'm already upset about the whole hands up, don't shoot, the whole lie of it all. It's a lie. And what really did it was on that summer day in August. We got home. It was hot, cooled off, wanted to cool off before we changed, you know, go out to dinner and meet up with our friends. And they broke into broadcasting and said there was a full-scale riot in North St. Louis neighborhood over a shooting death of a suspect, of a suspect who was black. Watch the news. It is the exact street that I grew up on. They tore up the neighborhood. They knocked out every window of of a lady that lived there. Her name was Miss Pearl. She's made 89 years old. We knew her quite well. She used to watch all of us in the neighborhood. She still lived there. They knocked out her windows. They vandalized, turned over cars, set cars on fire. My one of my good girlfriends owns a chain of beauty supply stores, Horse, Illinois. She employed seven people out of the neighborhood to work for her. They, the same people that she hired, vandalized and ransacked and looted her store with other people from the neighborhood, okay? Then they showed the liquor store burning up, and then they showed the grocery store burning up. Then they showed uh, vacant houses being burned, okay? And then they said the reason why all of this was being done was because the police shot a suspect. They were trying to execute a search warrant. And in doing so, um, this individual decided he was going to shoot at the police. The police shot back and killed him. Now, the people in this neighborhood, our black people, decided that they were going to tear up the neighborhood over a known drug dealer. Now, this is a man who's in the neighborhood victimizing our people, selling them drugs. When they went in there, they found 
over 20 guns, all stolen. They found almost $10,000 worth of cash. They found all these drugs. They're tearing up the neighborhood over this man. At the same time, they announced a nine-year-old girl was shot in her home the night before doing homework in her mother's bedroom, and her name was Jamila Bolton. That's all that was said about her. There were no protests. There was no outcry. There was no rally. There was no Black Lives Matter, but they descended on the neighborhood I grew up in and tore up and protested over a drug dealer who had a gun, whose lookout kid, stick-up kid, we call them, you know, back in the day, stick-up kids, a 14-year-old, 13-year-old, who also had a gun. And he told the police that this guy was shooting at the police. He told the reporters that the guy that was shot was shooting at the police. But yet we ignored that. We tore up a community over somebody who's victimizing the community, taking from the community. This little girl never had a chance. This little girl was not mentioned. This little girl, her mother was shot through the legs. The bullet went through her legs and into her daughter's chest. And she died in her grandmother's arms. There was nothing wow. said about it. There was nothing said about it. It was just a little nine-year-old girl shot and killed. That was it. They break into the news at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, tearing up St. Louis, tearing up the, the very neighborhood I grew up in, and I said, are you kidding me? This child is dead. Nobody gives a damn about this baby dying, laying in her grandmother's arms, dead. But we're going to tear up a community over somebody who victimizes and takes from the community. The next day, I, I, I got up, went to breakfast, I ran my errands, and I went to the park, and I just cried my eyes out for this little girl. Not being techno-savvy, as my daughter would say, I made this video that was supposed to be on my Facebook page. Well, guess what? (laughs) My setting was not set right. And guess what happened from there? It went viral. And it went around the world. In a matter of 24 hours, it went around the world. And by the next day, well, that night, uh, my daughter called me. and She said, Mom, have you seen Facebook? I said, no, I've been too upset. I don't know what, I don't even want to look at Facebook. What's going on? And she said, Mom, you know that video you slapped on your page? I said, yes. She said, Mom, that video has gotten over 2 million hits in, in less than seven hours. And I just said, are you kidding me? And I looked it up, and there it is. And by that time, it was already at 4 million. And then the next day, it was at 5 million. And then the next day, it was at something like 7 or 8 million around the world. And I'm going, oh, my God, what did I do? My husband came home from work. He said, you want to tell me something, what happened the other day? I have no idea what you're talking about, sweetie. He pulled out his phone. He said, is this you? (laughs) And I'm going, oops. And I told him, I explained to him why I did it. He said, I saw the video. I understand why you did it. And he said, I could be more prouder than I am right now that somebody said it. He said, somebody said it. He said, and you used some profanity there. I said, well, babe, I'm sorry. 
I was angry because that child should have never had died. And that's the problem in our black community. We hold up and use the wrong people as our martyrs. And the real victims are our innocent children that are being killed. LaShawn Lee in Chicago, uh, uh, Jamila Bolton here in St. Louis. And then we just had another child that was shot by his father's gun, carelessly left out and killed and shot himself in the chest. Then we just had a 15-year-old kid this past Monday who shot a 3-year-old in the stomach. There's no outcry in our black community when we kill ourselves. But if a white cop shoots a black person, then we want to get outraged. But Chicago was sitting on 2,887 homicides, and I'm sorry, shootings, 2,887 shootings and 419 homicides, and the new year is going to be out next year, and we're not outraged as a black community about all the black-on-black killings, you know, and – and my critics say, you know, you're not one of us anymore. You're not black anymore. But none of them said anything about the lives that have been lost by right. black individuals. You know, they're quick to point out me as being a traitor, but they said nothing about the child that was killed. They say nothing about the mother who was shot in the head on Christmas Eve by her own son. Her Wait, own son what? shot her in the head. Yes. That was the day before Christmas Eve. It was on the 20, 23rd of December. Mother got tired of her son. He was a problem person, in and out of jail, always getting locked up. And she came home. She said, I'm fed up. I want you out of my house. you got to go. And this is in the same neighborhood I grew up in. She went out and got in her car to go to the store. He came out and blew her brains out. His own mother. Where is Black Lives Matter? Peggy, time out for a minute. Time out for a minute. How old was this kid or adult? 19. How old was his mom? Uh, 42, 40, 45. So single mom, no father, right? I don't know. I don't know that part of it. I don't know. But it doesn't matter if the mother was single or not. That is your mother. That right. is your mother. You took your mother's life. Did he get arrested or did he run? Yeah. Did he get arrested? He he actually tried to run away, and some people in the neighborhood saw what he did, chased him, tackled him, got the gun away from him, and held him down until the police got there. And they held him. That's different. They held him down. That's what happened. Yeah. It happened right here in St. Louis. He blew his mother's brains out single mother or not, that is still your mother. And he killed his mother. There's no outcry. There's nothing from the Urban League. There's nothing from NAACP. There's nothing from the Black Lives Matter movement here in St. Louis. There's nothing. A a, a little child got shot Monday in the stomach by a 15-year-old playing with a gun, a stolen gun. There's no Black Lives Matter. There is, again, there's no Jesse Jackson. There's no Al Sharpton. We are killing each other at an alarming rate, and yet nobody is bringing attention to this but me. And if I can see it, I know they can see it. They just don't want to see it. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there for a moment, and I am going to invite. I know he's listening in because I want you two to have the opportunity listen in. But Kenneth, if you are, if that's you, guest twelve forty one, I I want you to call in, and I want you and um, Peggy to have a discussion because. Um, Kenneth McClinton is a friend of mine from Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., and when I first started my radio show back in 2011, he was actually the very first um, person to call in to my radio show. And awesome. recently, recently, he lost his daughter, Charlize Milton. Uh, she was a 20, 28-year-old reporter who was on was going home from work on the bus stop when there was a when there was a shootout. She was held and used as a human shield by one of the by one of the thugs. Oh, and this happened this happened several months ago and so Kenneth he started a campaign, um called Open Hearts Closed case, Cases, and basically, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, he is, he is trying to get the community to talk about the unsolved cases in D.C. and many, mm-hmm. many other places. And so, mm-hmm. believe it or he he's doing similar work that you're doing. So Kenneth, if you're listening, go ahead and if you have a moment, call in because I definitely believe that you two need to uh, you you need to connect because you you two are doing the same work. There he is. There he is. Hold on, just a second, Peggy. Okay. Ken, thank you for calling in. Um, I wanted you to. I wanted you and Peggy to be able to dialogue and talk back and forth because I know that the work that you're doing and what she's trying to do is basically the same parallels. And what what we truly need to do, this needs to catch. Like you said to me that day in a car when you was giving me a ride to the airport, Kenneth. This is something that needs to catch flyer across the nation. So I'm going to step out of the conversation. And, Ken, this is Peggy. Peggy, this is my awesome friend, Kenneth McLean. Hey, Mr. McLean, I'm so sorry for your loss. Well, thank you so much. And I am just very appreciative to uh, be able to talk with you live uh, as I've been following you on Facebook and via YouTube, and your words have just been a great edification to those who understand the purposes and callings of Christ uh, and that we are to be able to speak for the voiceless, uh, those who have been advantaged or disadvantaged depending on how individuals see uh, the circumstances of life. Uh, And I I believe that we even conferred this afternoon, at least concurred this afternoon regarding Kwanzaa. So I know that we are in the same spot, in the same mindset. Uh, following Christ, and so it's a great honor and privilege to meet you. It's a great privilege to meet you. It it is, it it's 
it's, you know, sorry under the circumstances that we have to meet like this. It, it really is. And yeah. um, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's just sad when you have so many people out there that are so misguided that are pretty much targeted to further their agenda, not even knowing what they're even, even fighting for, have no clue, you know. And for them to say Black Lives Matter, it, it's a slap in the face to all the, the bodies that have dropped at the hands of other black individuals. So if you're telling me it's Black Lives Matter, you're telling me it's all-inclusive, not at all-exclusive, you know. If it's going to matter, then it's going to matter to us first as black people. Because Kenneth, I know first. I know. I know your. I don't know your pain of losing a child, but my mother, which we just buried in April, lost my brother to the streets, and he was a really bad guy. She made no excuses for him. She knew what he was. He was in and out of prison, and when he died on the streets, you know, you live by the gun, you die by the gun, and he did. And to see the pain in her face, but my mother made no excuses. She didn't blame the police. She didn't blame herself. She did everything she tried to do for this kid. But this is the this is what he wanted to do. This is what he decided to do. And that is what I'm trying to get across to the black community is it's got to matter to us first. And this, this exactly is sad right. to lose your daughter that way. Well, and I, I thank you. Um, uh, for calling, I, at first I, I, I want to thank uh, my good friend Thomas here, uh, who uh, shared with me as we drove for an extensive amount of time uh, the grief uh, and as well the joy of my daughter Shanice. Uh, and I, I know that she is in a much better situation, and if I could be in her situation, I would choose it. Uh, but I didn't like the fact that someone chose to kill her uh, and play she God. She didn't have a choice in that matter, right? She didn't have that choice. Exactly. Just like Jamila. Just exactly. like Jamila. Jamila didn't have a choice. Deshaun Lee didn't have a choice. But yet these exactly. young individuals have a choice, and they have that choice, and they choose, this fool did in North Carolina, to pull out a gun and shoot at the police. And with a hundred witnesses, uh-huh. they turn around and say. Well, the police should have used another means to to not kill him. If somebody's pointing a, a deadly weapon at you, they're not going to say, "Wait a minute, let me get this taser out. Let me let me mace you." No, exactly. They're going to kill you. They're going to kill you. That is what they're trained to do. They're not trained to wound you. This is not T.J. Hooker. This is not Starsky and Hutch. Exactly. No, this is not. No, they're going to shoot you, and they're, they're going to hurt you. They're going to kill you. And like my exactly. husband told me as a cop, you pull a gun on me, I'm just going to kill you. Exactly. He's not, and, he's you know, not I, I want to say that I had the opportunity to attend Jamila Bolden's funeral um, and had the opportunity of meeting my good friend um, Jeffrey Boyd, who is an alderman I was, in St. Louis. I was, I was there. I was in the back of the church. I was on the corner side of it uh, down near the, the front. Exactly, and the the thing about that is, um, and, and this is my uh, call of degradation against the church, uh, we feel that it has become 
just a simple duty to perform a service for the community by burying those who had their lives snuffed out by those who play God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it should be a calling card uh, right. for every single person who calls upon the name of Jesus Christ to go into the world and to turn things over as Jesus did in the temple, to bring a light mm-hmm. and a spotlight onto every ungodly work, uh, and to make right. certain that whether you hold a position in governance or whether you actually are one of the street vague, uh, that you are responsible and accountable for the actions. And that was one of the reasons why we put together Open Heart, Closed Case, uh, and, that, and why Jeffrey Boyd is one of our board members as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hope to be able to work with you and so many others in places like St. Louis and Milwaukee in uh, Akron, Ohio, and, and Baltimore, where over 330 people have been killed uh, since the beginning of the year. Uh, you're more mm-hmm. likely to die in the streets of Chicago uh, than to actually die in the hills of Afghanistan. Uh, that is something wrong with that particular picture, and it's time for us to stop babying and oodling one another and start covering each other up because we happen to share the same millennium. The bottom line is that no man has the right to take another man's life, uh, or in my particular case, my daughter's life, uh, without the permission of God. That's right. That's right. Did you see the the article that the mother said, well, the uh, the TV report said about the North Carolina shooting? The first thing she said was, and and this, this is appalling to me, that she actually would say something like this. She she actually acknowledged the fact that she knew her son carried a gun. Now, this kid is on Facebook with not one gun, but two. He's got one in his hand, he's got one in his waistband, and he's got on the exact same outfit that he's killed in. And so they're saying that this picture was taken moments before he was killed, you know? Mm-hmm. And her response was, well, yeah, he had a gun, but, you know, she actually... <laughs> Like she condoned the fact that he had a gun. That was right. not. That was not. Right. She said that was that was that that was not that was not something she was not surprised of at all that he had a gun. Mm-hmm. I would not even say anything like that because to me, yeah. you are telling us it's okay for our children to be out here with a gun, not just a gun, right. but he had a stolen gun. So. Right. And in and out of jail since since 2013, he's been arrested 11 times, and she finds that acceptable too. Yeah. What is wow. wrong with society? And 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 Facebook is blowing up with this kid giving kudos to this kid. He went out as a warrior. He went out up against the police. We should give him props for going up to up, up against the police and standing on his own. Are you kidding me? Let me me tell you the society that we're in. The society that we're in, uh, my wife received an honorable award uh, for being a great mother uh, in August. And the next person that came behind her on the podium wondered aloud, uh, looking directly at my wife, I wonder why some people's deaths matter more than other people. We've had a police chief that actually drove up to my wife and told her, maybe you should cry a little bit more when you're on TV. That way maybe someone will call in and give a tip. Oh. Uh, 
and have even had uh, individuals walk up to her in a Safeway parking lot and say, you know what, I know your your daughter died and everything, and that's real bad. I feel sorry for you. Uh, but they should do something for the for the kids who are killing. And they need to do something for them, and that way things will be better. We are in Whoa. a time period where people feel that they have the they have the the privilege uh, to be so cold and so heartless, and we have turned our children into the weapons of mass destruction, and their lives mean nothing. We abort them, we take prayer away from them, we lead them away from godliness by pointing them towards a Kwanzaa. We, we right. do everything that we can in this particular world to destroy our kids, and then we want to build a memorial to them for doing evil in the world. This and, that the me. and that kills me the most. That that you are absolutely right. That kills me the most. And we're 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 tearing down monuments of civil war, and we're putting up monuments to people that broke the law. I do not get right. that. They have a bronze plaque in the middle of a city street of Mike Brown. Let's be real. Right. And to your listeners, I'm going to tell you the truth about Mike Brown. Mike Brown died because of Mike Brown. To hold hands up and don't shoot, he even admitted that he lied about that. He lied about that on, on Dateline. He said he made it all up. But yet we as black people took that and ran with it. Mike exactly. Brown got arrested for a strong arm robbery. When you forcibly take items from someone by force, that is a strong-arm robbery. He robbed it. It wasn't a shoplifting. Shoplifting is concealing without the owner's knowledge. He took by force, and, and, and right. he threatened bodily harm. That is a strong-arm robbery. And by right, if that store owner had a gun, could have, should have, would have, could have shot him, and that would have been the end of Mike Brown, and that would have been the end of it, and that store owner would never have been charged. We took it as... Mm-hmm. The white man is killing us, and he had no right to kill us. When you're punching somebody upside the head trying to take their guns, and he found three rounds that went off in the car, and his fingerprints were all over the gun, showing he was trying right. to take the gun, and we ignored that. That 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 That's strike number two. We ignored that. Strike number three is when you struck the cop trying to take his gun. So all three strikes, strong arm robbery, trying to get a gun, assaulting a cop, you know what? Your time just ran out. Mike Brown died right. because of Mike Brown's stupidity. It is sad. Right. No mother should lose a child. My mother lost a child to the street. But you know what? You know what your kid is because my kid is locked up because I had to put him there. And if I didn't put him there, that fool would have killed somebody. You know, right. I also find a great, great sense of disdain as we're talking with Peggy Hubbard from St. Louis on Thomas Dwayne's wonderful program. He allows me to talk to you. Uh, on this particular program um, But I hear so often um, Thanks to the liberal Whites of the world Like Sean King and so many others That they feel so sorry for us That they are willing to change The color of their skin to make us a whole lot better um, But I hear people <laughs> I'm sorry oh, God. I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry Hey Vince Before you go on let me bring in um let me bring in one more person. This is and I and you know Vincent E. Brown, he's another blog talk radio host and he's also yeah. another very good friend of mine. 
on on Martha King's birthday, uh, I'm going to work it out where you can come to Washington, D.C., and you can march in a community that needs your marching. Because uh, mm. everybody likes to wear their boots uh, and march at the sound of the drum that's beat by Obama. I'm taking the drum, and I'm beating it now. Not just oh, I got for, some bikers. I got some bikers that are really in Washington, black and white, that really want to get together and do this. And they said they will come. If I'm there, they I'm will come. I'm looking forward to it. On Martin Luther King's birthday, it, whether they approve me or not, I'm just going to be a rebel. I'd rather apologize for doing the right thing uh, than to sit behind and do the wrong thing and get chastised accordingly. So the bottom line is we will be marching in the Martin Luther King Day Parade I'm going to find 40 black men mm-hmm. to carry white crosses, and we're going to march all the way through the parade, and those will represent all of the lives of individuals that will probably die in the first 50 days in Washington, D.C. in 2016 that will be unresolved homicides. We are mm-hmm. killing our children outside of the womb. When it's, out, when it's inside the womb, we call it abortion. When it's outside the womb, it's homicide. The bottom line I is call we're it killing genocide. our babies. And we need to stop. Mm-hmm. We need to stop killing our babies. And until someone stands up, and I'll be the man to stand up. I don't care what people say about me or what they do to me. I've already lived my life. But I tell mm-hmm. you what, I want 40 other men to be able to walk with me. And I want others to be able to see that there are people that care about this issue that are going to challenge the mayor, that are going to challenge the Congress, that are going to challenge the legislatures, that are going to make people honorable in a dishonorable age. The bottom line is we can no longer accept not only abortion, but we certainly cannot accept killing our babies outside of the wounds on the streets of Washington, D.C., Baltimore, St. Louis, Milwaukee, L.A., Dallas, Chicago, and everywhere else in the United States of America. It is sad. It it has gotten to the point where, like 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 I tell these these individuals, like I tell my little radical black individuals, they were talking about you know the the vestiges of slavery and we need to take down these monuments of slavery, and I tell them you take down the monuments of slavery and you want them you want to use slavery against the black, white America to make them feel guilty, but you want to take it down. So if they have to take down these things of, of slavery, you can no longer bring up the, the 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 wrong of slavery. If you're taking it away from them. You can't bring it up anymore. You cannot beat them over the head with slavery because you're making them take down the monuments. So you want to make it, as if it doesn't exist, then you cannot bring it up. That's right. And That's one right. little girl told me, well, you don't know that much about about what they did to us, and Martin Luther King worked hard to sl- freeing the slaves. Oh, I almost fell out of chair when I read that. You got to be I almost fell out of chair when I felt that. Oh, wow. <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair. Time out, time out, time out. out. Everybody, let's stop the presses for a minute. A little black girl said to you that Martin Luther King worked hard to free the slaves. Yes. Wow. Yes. Then a little boy told me, I asked a little boy, I asked a little boy, do you know who Nat Turner was? You know this little fool told me Nat Turner was Ike Turner's brother? (laughs) I'm tired. That is some pop. Don't no, laugh. It's not no. funny. Oh, Wait a minute. Know I got another good one. You know what? Wait a minute. He I would get an extra another good 50. one. He would get an extra 50 points on the SAT for saying that because he happens to be black. Wait a minute. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. 
These are all college wow. students from Mizzou. Then another college student from Mizzou college. told me, and this is what he said to me. This is what she said to me. She said, my mama told me Black Friday we should not observe it because that is when, and this is a college student, mind you, and I wrote about this. This is when black, white America, whites back in the slavery days when a bought us in bulk. These are all college students, mind you. You have got to be kidding me. Oh, my God. This, these, are Mizzou, these are Mizzou students. Mm. Yeah. You're, you're, you're oh. outside of <sighs> class. You're protesting, and you don't even know what you're protesting about. My grandfather was one of the advisors to Martin Luther King, to Dr. King. He was one of the ones in the front lines that, that marched across the bridge in Selma, Alabama, who got a concussion, was in the same cell with Dr. King that fought. This is not what he fought for. But to say mm-hmm. that we were purchased in bulk on on Black Friday, wow. I don't know. Is Costco is Costco mm-hmm. having a sale on us? Somebody didn't tell me. <laughs> I mean, really, really, fifty percent off. Wow. <laughs> you know, EBT cards are not allowed. Are not accepted. <laughs> This is what is about to, this is about, this is what we have that's about to guide our country. How are you going to fight against something that you do not know nor understand? Right. Wait, wait a minute. This, here's, here's something right here. Here's something right here. These are the same people that always uh, cried about, you know, we want free tuition and all this and everything. And you, you mean to tell me I'm going to give you free tuition and you're coming out thinking like this. Are you kidding yes. me? Are you no. outside your freaking mind? You've got to be kidding me. Oh, man, yeah. I, I, I need to take some Excedrin or something. I think i got a headache. Vincent, one of the things that we have to understand about this concept is that this was not something that they was forged onto them on the first day of their freshman year. Uh, the bottom line is that they have been groomed in this. They've been groomed in this in the public schools. They've been groomed in this in the progressive churches of America where black liberation theology is preached. They've been groomed by parents and and other family members who have told them, not what we were told, that you have to be twice as good and you have to work twice as hard. They've been told you don't have to work at all. You can sit on my couch until you're age 26 and mama will take care of you. And, in fact, go out and have another baby. Don't worry about it. The government will take care of that for you. We have created a society that has been enabled, that has been coddled, that has been victimized. We created the plantation right before our very eyes. And the thing about it is individuals are being told that if you speak out and call it the plantation, uh, then you are less than a black person, that you are a threat to the black culture, and that you need to be eliminated. And we see that every single day. We're all witnesses mm-hmm. of that. We're, we're called, I call it the gimme, gimme generation because everything you got, everything that I've worked for, everything that you've worked for, my son, 26 years old, told me, Mama, if anything happens to Daddy in the line of duty, I'm going to move back in with you and take care of you. The hell you say? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, Grandma's going to get her groove back. No. No, you're not moving backwards because you know what? My son wants everything that I, this is my youngest boy. He wants everything I have. He doesn't want to work for it. 
You oh, know, wow. almost everything that I have, this is a child, and I love my son. Don't get me wrong, and I'm going to put it out there. But this is a kid, and I told him about Facebook. Facebook will get you caught up every time. Look at the fool on here that just got killed. He's up there flashing guns. My stupid son got on Facebook. God love him. God love my son. He got on Facebook. He's behind in his child support, and he tells me, he tells everybody on Facebook that he goes to, he went to the strip club and blew $200 on the stripper. Oh, and you're behind wow. in your child support. Wow. I, and mm. I looked at him. I said, and I called him to my house. I said, we need to have a talk. You need to get here to the house within 15 minutes. I don't want to hear it. Get here now. He got to the house. I said, you know what? Look at this fool. I said, look at this. This is what you wrote. You're not taking yeah. care of your son that you bought here. You want me to buy a Christmas for him, but you're telling everybody you went out and blew $200 on the stripper? Wow. And you see what's wrong with our society. Mm-hmm. Yep, man. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, just, yeah, I'm going to so, yeah, jump in it. here for a moment. I'm going to jump in here just a moment. I want to share this because um, you, when you were talking, Peggy, about the, the uh, your grandfather was a part of the civil rights movement. He marched with Dr. Dr. King in Selma. Um, uh-huh. Something, you know, a little bit of revelation that the Lord gave me about the whole civil rights movement that just floored me was that most people, even even the folks who was a part of the civil rights movement, never realized that the civil rights movement and the civil rights acts that were signed into provision they were never needed. The only no. thing that was needed was that the Democratic Party needed to enforce the civil rights amendments that were already on the book. Black yep. people right. had the right to vote back in 1870 yep. with the 15th Amendment. I mean, it was like, and, and for the for the uh, life of me, please, any three of you, explain to me how the United States Supreme Court on two different occasions, one, found the right for a woman to have an abortion, and two, the right for gay people to get married out of the 14th Amendment, which made uh, which made free or black, former black slaves American citizens. The, the 13th, 13th, and 15th Amendments were civil rights amendments written into law for slaves, for former slaves. That's all they were. They, there was no other interpretation. There's still no other interpretation. That's all they were. Well, and yet, they well, let me just say, let me just say this. It. Thomas, let me just say this real quick, uh, and then I'll let the others speak. Uh, but... Regarding the ability to vote, blacks have always had the ability to vote in the United States of America, believe it or not. Uh, And there are uh, testaments to that effect of blacks voting in uh, congressional races and things of that nature well before uh, the period of the Civil War. And we had three, then we had three senators and congressmen during the during war times too, and after the Reconstruction, we had senators and congressmen that were black. A lot of people don't exactly. know that history. 
Exactly. So the bottom line is the history that we prescribe, uh, sometimes we alter. The truth of the matter is our Constitution never uh, established slavery. And, in fact, if the Constitution were allowed exactly. to live out without um, the the impetus of those who were the Southern Democrats uh, who are still uh, in office and the liberal Democrats to the north, uh, if it were not for them, slavery would have ended in 1840 in our country just as it was prescribed in the U.S. Constitution. Yep. Yeah. And and to, exactly. I think the reason why I think the reason why we have these uh, laws, you know, about the abortion laws and homosexual laws. See, the the liberal media has given us this thing that our Constitution is a living, breathing document, and it's interpreted by the the uh, trends of today instead of being interpreted the way it was meant to be by the founding fathers. And they think because, you know, we're living in a different time, you know, let's read something into the Constitution that really is not there. It's not there. Mm-hmm. But they, but they, but the, 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 the powers that be, they think they're smarter than everybody. And so they read something into it that isn't there. And they say, well, you know, this, uh, the 14th Amendment says this, the 10th Amendment says this and everything. And it really doesn't say it. You know, and a lot of us, this is why I think, and and I'm, I'm a strong advocate for this, I think we should be teaching our children the Constitution from kindergarten. And I'm not saying be all complicated about it or anything. Just, you know, ease them into it a little bit, you know, speak it in a, in a, in a language that they understand and whatever. But I really do believe, because I didn't know we had a set of folks, and, and this, is, this is the God-honest truth. I did not know we had a such thing as the U.S. Constitution until 1982. That was when I was a freshman in high school. Mm-hmm. I, didn't wow. know, I didn't know anything about I, I heard about the Declaration of Independence, but I had never heard of no U.S. Constitution until oh, I yeah, took right. my yeah. civics class in 1982. And, and that's, that's sad. We, we need to teach our kids, if this is one of the founding documents of our country, we need to teach it to our kids from, from the time that they can read and write. And, and like you know I said, we don't have to complicate it, but just, you know, ease into it a little bit. You know what, right. what's really disturbing to me is the fact that I was in the mall over the Christmas, you know, shopping season, and I heard a five-year-old recite word for word a little Wayne song with all the curse words in its entirety, and his wow. mom was sitting there with her girlfriend, and they were clapping, and they thought it was cute. And you know what I said to that mother? Tell him to recite the preamble. She said, mm-hmm. what's that? I said, the preamble is the precursor to the U.S. Constitution. Why don't you have him recite that? He knows every little Wayne song. He knows every little Jay-Z song. Have him recite that. You want to impress me? Have him recite that. You go, she grabbed her, she grabbed her son and walked away because she was that embarrassed, and everybody started clapping. I said, that's, that's not cute. That's child abuse. I love this right. I love, I love right. Peggy, Peggy is awesome. Um, oh, child abuse. Right. Let me point something else out to you guys. This is one thing I love about the Lord. He will give you wisdom and revelation when everybody else will be talking some silly stuff. Now, check this out. We were all in an uproar when the U.S. Supreme Court, um, they they made their ruling on gay marriage. But 
here's a dirty little secret that liberals don't want out in the gay the gay lobby. They don't want to get out. In the state of Missouri, in all the states where gay marriage was voted down, it's still illegal to be married as a homosexual. Because, and here's the reason why, the United States Supreme Court interpreted laws. They did not make any new laws until the state of Missouri makes a law recognizing same-sex marriage, it's still illegal. How many of you guys actually remembered that? I mean, think about it. The U.S. Supreme Court, actually, they don't even have a right as a, on the federal level. They're actually, their only job is to interpret laws at the federal level. It's the state Supreme Court that interpret laws at the state level. Actually, but they can the over, government, but, the, but the federal court can't override the state's laws. They they do it all the time. We just don't know it. We just do don't it. hear about They're it on a regular basis. They override it a lot. Right. They do a lot of overriding. Right. Yeah. right. They're not supposed to, but you're absolutely right. And the reason why they they are able to get away with it is because of what you said right there. The fact that. Um, when you said to this mother, if you want to impress me, have them uh, recite the preamble to the Constitution, you have people in office who can't even who can't even recite the Bill of Rights because they have no clue. Mm. No. So that, it's crazy the fact that people elected don't even know their own state and federal law. They don't. Because they don't teach the separation of powers, the checks and balances between the three branches of government anymore. And then with this, with this administration, the executive branch has overridden the legislative and the judicial. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. so there, there's no checks and balances anymore. Wow. Well, John, well, John Jay, the first chief justice of the Supreme Court. Uh, understood the the potential of the Constitution, and that all the powers originally flowed through we the people at the congressional level, uh, and right. George Washington respected that uh, as the executive. But John Jay understood that eventually all the power would swing directly to the judiciary uh, because uh, there would not necessarily be strong statesmen. Uh, like it unto Thomas Jefferson and John Adams and others that would be in Congress. And there would be individuals who would want to compromise uh, the powers of we the people uh, and eventually leave it to just a talented tenth or a few to make the decisions for the people, uh, unto the people, instead of for the people, by the people. And so one of the problems that we had is that we have a Supreme Court that has always sought to expand its powers and to delegate uh, to the Congress limited powers. It should be us, the American people, telling the Supreme Court the opposite. Your powers need to be limited, while the powers that we possess in the legislature and as citizens must be greater than even the President of the United States of America. Right, that's right, right. And that's what I try to tell people. The President does not, we do not, the President... 
he works for us. We don't That's work right. for him. Exactly. We don't work for government. He works for us. We're elected right. by us. He has he has to answer to us. And people said, how dare you question the president of the United States? I said, how dare I not? That is what the Constitution exactly. is for. That is what democracy is for. He works for me. I don't work for him. When I made that second video and I said it, we don't work for you. You work for us. We elected you in. And just like we elected you in, we can elect you out. We don't work right. for you. You work right. for us. We put you there. Right. And it's kind of sad because here in Illinois, our senators, our state senators, only have to be in office for two years in order for them to receive the maximum of $148,000 a year. Oh, wow. From the state of Illinois. Wow. And you wonder why the state of Illinois is broke. You only have to do two years of, of, of and, state senate or state congress, and you get, for the rest of your life, $148,000, plus free insurance, we have, plus dental. We have a guest that's uh, wow. been on hold for 13 minutes. I'm going to bring them in because I didn't realize they've been on hold. I was checking everything else. So this is from Florida. 407 area code, do you have a question or comment? Well, founders wanted government to be limited. And, um, you know, government is not limited anymore especially on the federal level. I mean, it was the states that did a contract with the uh, to bring the federal government into existence. But our federal government's way out of control and too huge. We need to get back to the state and local level. And that's where, you know, the people really have their voice at the state and local level. And that's why, you know, it's like the uh, anti-federalists didn't even want the Constitution ratified. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it had to have ratified, but they demanded the Bill of Rights. They are the exactly. ones who gave us the Bill of Rights. And the Ninth and Tenth Amendment is what we're all about. It comes back to we the people. We the people are sovereign, anybody governments and servants. So we got to make right. sure the Bill of Rights are respected. And we got to make sure that they stand up for them, or we got to kick them all out. Because all the three branches are subservient to us. We the people and Look at the Bill of Rights and understand them. I'm a Bill of Rights activist. I know how it came about. I know what it's all about from the ratification debates. Because they didn't, right. you know, I call it the creature from Philadelphia. The creature from Philadelphia versus the anti-federalists. And we are anti-federalists. They're speaking for individual sovereignty rather than mm-hmm. one giant monster trying to control us. 4.1 million bureaucrats. 4.1 million more than when they wrote that document, are now employed by the federal government. It's too big. We need to shut it down. It's true. That is that is so true. That is so true. And 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 and, and, and our people. They're they're averaging We're more concerned. We're more concerned about police power, and the real problem is government power. That is where the real problem is. We want to holler police police brutality. We want to holler about how bad we're being treated. But this is actually taking our attention off what the real, the man behind the curtain, like the Wizard of Oz. Pay no attention attention of the man behind the curtain. Because this is what the real problem is. It's, It's government control. It is waste. Waste management, it is overspending, 
But yet, we, we I'm sorry, but we have this Obamacare. I had a friend that just got a $2,400 IRS bill for not buying into Obamacare, and he could not afford it. And this was supposed to be Affordable Care Act. And he got a bill in the mail saying he owed $2,400, and his refund is going to be taken because he did not subscribe to it. He could not afford it. He only made $12,000 that year. Wow. 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 Yeah. One of the problems that we have here is that someone is playing the, playing the music or listening at the same time they're speaking. And so whoever that person is, if you can just mute it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, and, and that way you can always download Thomas Dwayne Smith's show and listen to yourself. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful, wonderful show to listen to. Right. You know, uh, we're going to probably go into a little overtime because this this discussion is um, this discussion is really on point. And you know, the gentleman who called in from Florida, which I can tell you is Orlando, where 